Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Betting Life Podcast, brought to you by Fantasy Life and powered by our friends at Unabated. I'm Matthew Friedman, Matt F. The Oracle. This week, we are, as always, looking at Thursday Night Football, and then we will discuss games that have seen notable line movement, games that are around key numbers, and games that are in the teaser zone, and then we'll close out by highlighting a bet that we currently like. And here with me is Peter Jennings, aka CSRM88 of Unabated, and joining us is an OG of gambling Twitter, Jason Weigarten, aka Spreadopedia. Jason, how's it going? Pretty good. Nice beer with you guys. Yeah, it's uh we were talking before the show started. A really interesting season. A ton of unders have been hitting, and uh I feel like that's kind of been something that has at least helped keep me afloat when betting some of the the larger markets because I've been getting killed against the spread. Uh, I've been doing okay on the totals uh, primarily because I do tend to bet unders. Uh, Jason, is there anything that you have kind of noticed with how the season has been playing out that has kind of caught your attention, whether it's unders, uh, anything like that? Just seems like uh, as as a lot of these older quarterbacks have retired, they just haven't been replaced or they haven't been replaced you know as quickly as expected and there's just not enough good quarterbacks to go around in, in the nfl i mean you know you're seeing you're seeing some guys like tyson how do you say the 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 the, the bears quarterback's last name bag bagnet i think it's bagent bagent like he's a bagent of chaos like but uh yeah it, however it is it's just we, i mean who cares how his name is pronounced he's it's that shocking unimportant. to see yeah. a guy like that getting nfl starts and Zach Wilson, he's he's continuing to get starts just because there's no better option for the Jets at this point. Like there's there's just not enough quarterbacks to go around this year. It's tough to watch. It uh it indeed is tough to watch. And we do have another tough to watch game coming up on Thursday night football. Uh honestly, I, I wouldn't blame people for not watching it, but uh it is football and it is on the television. So people might be inclined to watch it. It is Panthers at the Bears. Looking at the market now, Bears favored by four. Uh, the total in the look ahead market was 41 and it's down to 39. There are even 38s uh in 38 and a half in some places. So it looks like this total might continue to drop as we get closer to kickoff. Pete, I want to start with you. Anything catch your eye from the larger market perspective? Yeah, you hit on it with the unders. I think that's been a, a big theme this year and uh, we'll see how the markets adjust. We're also going to have some more weather here uh, in the back half of the season. Uh, and yeah, the quarterback carousel and all the injuries has just been crazy. Uh, it really seems like there's not that many People are capable of being an NFL quarterback. Uh, just shows the premium of that position. But uh, yeah, it should be an interesting week. Uh, There's a lot of line movement last week uh, that worked out pretty well uh, in the Pick'em contest, which was fun. And yeah, excited for Thursday night football. Uh, even though it's two two bad teams, uh, there's showdown action, and uh, these Thursday night games tend to have some some interesting uh, live betting opportunities. And yeah, the betting markets for the NFL product are just always liquid, so it's it's great. All right. And uh, I believe where you might you be looking uh, over 38 and a half is something that has your attention here. Yeah, grabbed uh, over 38 on this game already. Uh, now there's still some 38 and a half out there. Just looking at the screen here as we record on Wednesday, uh, some places are at 39 and a half. Some places are at 39. Uh, there was a 38 out there just a little bit ago, but that's now moved to 38 and a half uh, minus 110. So I like the over in general, uh, assuming you can get below 39, just kind of where the market's going. Again, always shop for the best price. Uh, I have a feeling this line's going to close around 39 and a half. So 
Uh, 38 and a half, I think is, is still pretty significant value. Uh, and yeah, it's something that in general, I like here, um, you know, Thursday night games you used to be able to just print money, betting the unders, but, uh, the market's really adjusted. And I think the market's adjusting with that, that under trend. Uh, so I'll zig when others are zagging and uh, I like the over here. Jason, anything stand out to you in terms of side total, the money line for Thursday night? Yeah, if you force me to bet this game, I think the over is the way to go too. Peter hit on it. It's so low. I mean, especially for a primetime game. I know that the trends and everything that's you know happened this year with the unders, but anytime you can get you know 38, 39, you know, I, I know the quarterback play is not the best between these two teams, but uh, if you force me to watch this game, you force me to bet this game. I'm betting the over here. Yeah, well, we're going to make it a clean sweep on the over, which feels like the kiss of death here. But uh, over 39 uh, is, you know, so if you can grab the 38 and a half, even better. But I have this uh, projected around 30, yeah, 37, um, 37 and a half. So I do think that there's value. No, uh, no, 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 no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Looking at the wrong game. I was projected around 40. So I do think that there's value at 38 and a half. And as you guys said, unders have you know been crushing, but the Bears are like one of the few over teams. They're six and three to the over. And I think it's, you know, relatively speaking, a decent matchup for Bryce Young, for Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen specifically going against Kyler Gordon in the slot, uh, who has been really one of the worst slot cornerbacks in the league since he entered the league last year, allowing around 10 yards per target. Uh, it feels like a get right spot for Bryce Young and Adam Thielen. I think Carolina's passing game will be able to do just enough. Uh, and then for the bears, I expect the return of Justin Fields and Khalil Herbert and the Carolina defense is in shambles. So Justin Houston, uh, Brian Burns, their two top edge rushers, they are out. Their top linebacker, Shaq Thompson, he is out. Their top slot cornerback, Jeremy Chin, he is out. Their top perimeter cornerback, J.C. Horn, he is out. Uh, their number three perimeter cornerback, C.J. Henderson, he's out. Their free safety, Xavier Woods, he's out. That's over half of the defense, and a lot of that located in the pass defense. Uh, so it just feels like a situation where even though the Bears aren't all that great offensively, I think with Justin Fields returning and then with how wounded the secondary is for the Panthers, they will be able to put up some points there. So I'm going over the 38 and a half that is in the market right now. Uh, Pete, in the prop market, does anything catch your eye? Yeah, I, I want to continue to bet on Cheba Hubbard getting more and more workload. Um, we've seen big opportunities last three weeks, 19 carries, 15 carries, 16 carries. Uh, Miles Sanders is just not a great running back. Matthew David out talked about that uh, on a couple of podcasts. How it was a big upgrade for the Eagles to get rid of Miles Sanders and Carolina, despite paying him, has realized this guy's not very good. So that's good news for Chuba Hubbard, and we've kind of seen that just in terms of opportunities. So uh, there's some differing lines out there. Uh, the best price that I was able to find looking to bet the over on his rushing yards is 40 and a half. Most of the market's kind of in that 42 and a half to 44 range. Uh, but yeah, I like over 40 and a half. I like points here, and I think. In general, Carolina's realized that Hubbard's the better back, and I expect him to continue to see the majority of the workload uh, at the running back position. Uh, yeah, I was projected at fifty point nine, so uh, I you know tend not to like overs in the prop market, but uh, it feels like this is one that I would be inclined to bet. Uh, Jason, I don't I don't know if you uh, do anything in the prop market. Anything stand out to you there? Or not really. No, not much. I usually look at the touchdown props, first touchdown props, but but this this game I just just can't can't really get me excited for this Thursday night game. 
uh, it would be hilarious if there are no touchdowns scored and uh, the books. Just, That's, I love, I love just those bets. If you get, you know, 50 to one, hundred to one on no touchdown, that that's always a fun bet. You know, it's, I, I don't recall the last time it hit, but, but you only needed to hit once. Yep. Uh, all right. So for me, favorite prop Bryce young over 10 and a half rushing yards. Uh, I got this at even money at points bet. Uh, this number is anywhere from like nine and a half to 11 and a half across the industry. I have this projected at 15.7. The bears are allowing 15.4 rushing yards per game. Uh, if you look at what Bryce young has done, I think it's heavily impacted by the ankle injury that he had in week three. So, uh, in weeks one and two, he had 17 and 34 yards rushing injured the ankle missed week three was still on the injury report with the ankle issue in week four weeks through uh, weeks four through six. He hit the under in each of the weeks had the week seven by coming out in week eight had 11 and 41 yards rushing. So I feel like in that intermediate period, uh, he was just intentionally not running as much uh, nursing the ankle a little bit. Now that he's back to the mobile quarterback, we saw in weeks one and two uh, before the injury, I feel like this number is a little too short. So taking the over there of uh, 10 and a half rushing yards for Bryce Young. All right, guys, I want to talk about lines that have my attention, lines that have moved uh, as uh, we are now on Wednesday recording this. So not a mature market, but a market that is starting to take shape. And again, uh, already some significant line movement, one of them being Steelers uh, hosting the Packers. On the total, this was 37, and it uh, has moved up to 38, 40, and then now seemingly settled at 39 for a little bit. Uh, Pete, any thoughts here on uh, what's going on with the line movement and what we might see or what we might expect? Uh, does this continue to move? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, early in the week, that's definitely the best time to, to bet if you aren't trying to bet a lot because the market's the most inefficient. Um, a lot of people, that's how they make their living betting the NFL. Uh, it's, it's very challenging to beat the NFL closer to game time. Uh, it's one of the more efficient markets that are, that is out there. So these line movements are, are big. I think the one that stands out to me the most is this Bengals, uh, Texans line. Um, you know, the Texans coming off just an unbelievable game. Uh, wish the Texans covered. That was a bit of a bummer with the kicker, but, uh, Stroud was just incredible and looks like. He should have easily been the number one pick. Some of those throws were just ridiculous. And there's a couple of big pieces of news here that I'm watching for the Bengals. Joe Burrow didn't look 100% to me after looking amazing uh, against San Francisco. I think he might have re-aggravated his calf. And there's some rumors out there that uh, Jamar Chase is more on the doubtful side, uh, which will definitely move this line towards the Texans. Uh, the interesting thing is the total has gone up, and I think that has a lot to do with just how effective the Texans have been passing the football and the pass rate above expectation that we see from the Bengals. But... Uh, the Jamar Chase injury uh, and, and, you know, his status as we get, you know, into these practices will be a big part of this line. So uh, I could see this line coming back down to six and a half, uh, especially if Chase is ruled out. And uh, that's the game that I'm most interested uh, to follow. In addition, I do think the Ravens-Browns game is a, is a big one. Uh, I, you know, have been touting the Ravens basically every week here. Uh, finally came through on a dominant performance. Uh, wish it was Lamar Jackson instead of the running back scoring from a DFS perspective, but... Uh, very pleased to see the Ravens playing extremely well. And that line has moved heavily towards the Ravens. Uh, and I expect that to continue. Cleveland lost one of their best offensive linemen for the year. Um, and although they're still great on defense, uh, their offense, uh, to me, has got some some real concerns, uh, especially going against this Ravens defense. So that line move is not surprising. And I expect that line to kind of close where it is now um, as we get closer to the week. So 
watching these line moves is really important. Um, and you can kind of learn uh, throughout the week with injuries and whatnot, what's going on. And yeah, for anyone out there that's that's trying to to win it, you know, beating NFL sides and totals, I recommend uh, trying to beat that earlier in the week versus later in the week where the market gets much more efficient. Yeah, looking at this Bengals-Texans game, uh, it is intriguing because this was seven um, in the look-ahead market, opened seven and a half, eight, got back, bet back down to seven, hit six and a half, and has kind of fluttered between six and a half and seven. I would say, you know, more sevens now in the industry, but still some six and a halves out there. And as Pete, as you mentioned, this total has gone up from 46 to 48. So uh, that line movement, I think, speaks to general enthusiasm for the Texans. Uh, and then the line movement in Ravens-Browns would seem to signal uh, a very marked lack of enthusiasm for the Browns with that number on the spread moving towards the Ravens and the total coming down from 40, 40 and a half at open to, you know, 37 and a half, 38 right now. Uh, and I, you know, I want to get your thoughts, Jason, on this Ravens Browns game specifically, because, you know, we saw the line move last week in a kind of similar situation, Ravens at home favored around six that number continued to move uh, and it hit seven last week against the Seahawks. You know, it might be a question as to whether the Seahawks are better or worse than the Browns, but you know, I would say like they're generally in the same tier uh, and the Ravens were so dominant and it's a similar situation now in the market. This number is sitting at six, but you could imagine how as we move closer to kickoff, this number continues to move up. What do you think about this number right here? feel like you're buying very high on the Ravens here. Um, it's nice to see, actually, we have two division games this week. I somehow overlooked it. I thought the Cowboys were the only one. Um, this game is a lot of points for a division matchup. I think the Browns have shown they have a defense that could compete with anybody. And uh, the Ravens have shown us they can beat up on average and mediocre teams. But can they beat up on on the Browns? I don't know. I, I'd like to see it, but um, lean lean towards the six here. But I, I have not bet this game yet. All right. So if you are someone who is interested in the Browns, do you think it is best to take the six now, or do you think wait and maybe we get to that six and a half or seven? I don't think it's going to seven unless there's some some major injury I'm I'm not thinking of or you know I think based on everything we know right now probably six six is likely where it's staying maybe maybe six and a half but I don't I don't think it's going off six okay Pete I mean what what do you think it seems like I mean as you mentioned you have been the uh the Ravens bull uh on the show you know basically since the season started do you feel like this is uh, this is where the market settles, or do you think it continues to go? I think it has a chance to get to six and a half. I mean, I think Jason makes really good points. It's a divisional game; those generally play closer. The Browns have an amazing defense, uh, but I just think, and I, I want to correct something. Jedrick Wills, it sounds like he's going to miss four to six weeks. Initially, uh, I thought he was going to be out for the year. He's very important, a really, really strong left tackle, um, and I think that's a, a big injury for this Browns team, but. Yeah, I think a lot of the money is already coming on the, on the Ravens. Um, you know, Massey Peabody rankings, they're, they're the number one power ranked team. I know David Al is super high on them. Um, but most of the market's at six. There's some six minus 115s out there. Um, I just don't know how much Browns money we're going to see 
in the five and a half, six range. So I would expect it to get to six and a half, but no chance it gets to seven unless something dramatic changes. That's way too big of a move. I, I would be as much of a bull as I am on the, on the Ravens. I would be a Browns backer uh, at plus seven. But yeah, I expect this kind of kind of to move between minus five and a half and six and a half um, throughout the week. Right now we're seeing kind of the, the unabated line around minus six plus a hundred. So uh, that seems pretty reasonable to me after uh, you know a lot of line movement uh, on this game, uh, given the injuries that we saw. All right, a few more games that have caught my eye in terms of line movement. Lions at the Chargers. Lions were favored by one and a half when this opened, and shortly before we started recording, this moved to three, and it is now pretty universally three across the industry. There might be a couple of rogue two and a halves left, but it is pretty much three. Uh, Cardinals hosting the Falcons. Falcons opened as two and a half point favorites. Uh, this moved all the way to a pick em, met some resistance, and now it is back to around one, one and a half across the industry. The total in that game has also moved up to 41, uh, to 43 from 41 and a half. I think this is largely driven by the assumption uh, that Kyler Murray is indeed starting in this game. Uh, and so I think the question is if we see Murray uh, has this, the spread moved far enough, and then you have, of course, the Cowboys hosting the Giants. Uh, and the look ahead market, this was 10. Daniel Jones suffers an ACL injury. This opens at 14 and a half, quickly moves to 15 and a half, continue to move to 16 and a half, hit some resistance at 17. And now it is hovering around 16 and a half there. Uh, and then, of course, the total on that game has also dropped, opened at 40, bounced around a little bit, uh, but has steadily dropped down to 38 and a half. Uh, Pete, out of those three games, what stands out the most to you? Yeah, the Cardinals-Falcons game is the most interesting. I've lost a lot of money on the Falcons this year. Last week was uh, specifically brutal, having the Falcons and the Texans both not cover uh, kind of at the end of that, that game was wild. Um, you know, I like this Falcons team in general. They're just getting horrible quarterback play. And uh, I, the one thing I guess that's concerning after last week is Dobbs is able to run everywhere. So maybe that's concerning with Kyler uh, expected to start. But yeah, I still have this Falcons team a bit better. Um, I think it should be, you know, two and a half, not quite three. So, you know, at a pick them, I, I definitely really like the Falcons. Um, I think some sharp money came in there. Uh, but yeah, where it currently stands, I'd lean Falcons. Um, but yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see how Kyler looks too. I mean, this Cardinals team has a lot of incentive to lose. Uh, and I'm still more bullish on the Falcons in the market. So that's why the game that's most interesting to me. And yeah, this Lions-Chargers game is going to be really uh enticing i think for a lot of reasons uh not surprising the lines coming off a buy that uh the, the lines move towards them but uh especially given the charges on a short week so yeah all the line movements kind of make sense to me uh outside of maybe this falcons game where i'm interested in the falcons especially close to a pick em. jason out of those three games lions at chargers cardinals hosting the falcons cowboys hosting the giants what stands out to you uh you know with the line movement or anything specifically about those games Cowboys game stands out to me the most because they're 16 and a half point favorites on a 38 and a half point total, which is unusual to, to see such a big favorite, such a low total, and it be a division game. Normally, I would say, you know, anytime you're getting six, 16 and a half points, 17 points in an NFL game. You at least got to kind of look why and, and see, you know, what's look a little deeper because I don't have the numbers in front of me anymore, but uh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure when you take dogs, you know, over 16 points or 17 points in division games, 
pretty sure it's a you know a winning trend long term. This game in particular, um, Devito, I think, is probably the worst quarterback in the NFL. If there's a worse quarterback than him, you know, please, please tell me. But he gets a whole week to prepare. Um, typically, you get a week to work with the first team offense. You get plays installed to to you know to to focus on on what you're best at and. You put the the quarterback in an opportunity, give him the best opportunity to succeed. That said, I still have trouble taking the 16 and a half points here. Like, I I just can't do it. Like with with DeVito, I'm I'm not sold on anything, but this is a weird line. Such a big total for for such a such a big spread for such a low total. Um, I'm I'm interested in trying to, to find a different way to approach this game. Um, it's a unique situation this week. Do you think there might be any opportunities uh, like in the first half market? So like maybe you don't bet the Cowboys uh, for the full game, but maybe you bet them in the first half or something like that. The Giants in the first half, you mean? Sorry. Yes. Sorry. Sorry. I yeah, bet the Giants. the Giants money line against the Bills. They were like eight to one. They're nine to one here this week. So I'm pretty sure this is the biggest money line any any underdog's been all NFL season. Uh, definitely, you know, you could try to make that that angle or make that argument. Maybe they compete in the first half, take a big shot on the first half money line. I'm not sure I'm going to do that, but this is a unique situation. Like I said, it's a division game with a 16 and a half point spread and a, a very low total. So um, all that stuff in mind, it's just worth kind of circling back to later in the week <clears throat> you know maybe maybe you bet tommy devito to score a touchdown or to score two touchdowns or you know there's all sorts of crazy crazy sort of fat tail events that happen when you get a, a low total like this and a huge underdog yeah that is interesting maybe it does current turn into a situation where uh devito gets a lot of garbage time opportunities and uh ends up hitting the over on his yardage prop uh, over on touchdowns. Uh, but I do have him rated as the worst quarterback in the league. Could he score, uh, could pretty, he score a rushing easily. touchdown though? I mean, these are the things I start to look at when I, when I get curious about these crazy sorts of situations. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there are worse quarterbacks in the league, but we just don't see them starting in games. Uh, so, you know, DeVito is a very interesting, uh, player to to think about for this upcoming week all right looking at games that are settled on key numbers we talked about Bengals earlier we talked about the lions earlier we have the steelers uh whose spread is sitting around three three and a half and then we have the 49ers who are three point favorites on the road in jacksonville uh pete anything stand out to you with those two games in terms of how you might want to approach them steelers favored by three 49ers favored by three yeah i tend to lean the steelers here um you know i think that there's a good chance that this closes at three and a half so if you get the three i think that that makes a lot of sense um and yeah the 49ers at jags is a is a tricky one uh, I need to look. Do we know if Trent Williams is going to come back? What's the latest there? I would assume after the bye, it is, he's going to be good. It is leaning for Williams and Debo Samuel to return. Yeah. Yeah, that stinks because I think <laughs> I'm super bullish on the the Jaguars and have been. Their defense has been amazing. And uh, we've been backing the 49ers broadly. Uh, and then the Trent Williams injury happened. and We had that Bengals set up and that was a, a great spot. 
Uh, this is a really tricky one where it's two teams I'm high on. And I think Trent Williams is probably the best offensive player in the NFL. That's not a quarterback. Um, he's, he's right up there as one of the most valuable offensive players. So him coming back is huge. So it's kind of a, a tricky spot where I like both teams a lot. It's, it's pretty brutal there. Uh, so yeah, to me, the, the Steelers would be the spot that I'm more interested in. Uh, we were fortunate to, to hit the Steelers big on Thursday. Um, that went really well. And then hopefully Friedman, you had them in the uh, pick them contest too. There's not as many people on the Steelers. That line went from uh, two and a half to three. And that was a big edge uh, in the pick them contest over on DraftKings. So uh, like the Steelers in general, uh, more than the market. And uh, yeah, I think that line probably gets to three and a half. Yeah, I do like you like the Steelers here at uh, at minus three. I think there's a, a good chance because it, it's fluttering around right now between three, three and a half. I do think it will probably settle at three. And then uh, I like the Jags, um, the 49ers, even if we assume that they're getting back uh, their left tackle there, I wouldn't say number one wide receiver in Debo Samuel, but sort of number one all around playmaker in Debo Samuel, even assuming that they return. I have the uh, Jags power rated as just one and a half points underneath the 49ers uh, on a neutral field. Of course, this is not a neutral field. The Jags are at home. The 49ers need to travel east for a you know 1 p.m. Eastern game. Based on that, I have this closer to a pick them than three. And the Jags defense has been very good. Number three in EPA this year. Uh, and I think that is legit. And they've also had some injuries. They were without um, their free safety, Andre Cisco, without their number one perimeter corner and Tyson Campbell. I think both of those guys have a pretty good chance of returning this game. So I would expect like both of these teams are very close to full health. Uh, and with that, I think they're much closer in power rating than probably implied here by the market. So Jags plus three, uh, I do like them in that spot. Uh, Jason, anything stand out to you from Steelers minus three, three and a half and 49ers minus three? Yeah, the Steelers game is uh, very interesting for me. Uh, I'm a Packers fan, number one. So um, I've been watching that game anyways. But I saw a, a thing today. One of the Packers beat writers pointed out that Green Bay has not won in Pittsburgh since 1970. Bart Starr's second to last season. So um, pretty pretty surprising considering the, the quarterbacks that have come through Green Bay and nobody's gotten a win in Pittsburgh. I, I know that has no bearing on the situation this week, but um, apparently Green Bay just does not play well um, traveling traveling to Pittsburgh. So this game is, has my attention as a fan, as a better. You know, I, I, I want to bet the Green Bay money line getting plus 150 here. I think, you know, all things considered, Pickett's kind of a bum as a quarterback. I've I've yet to be convinced that he's you know consistent or he's developing. Uh, Jordan Love does does not stand out. You know at, at the same time, and Green Bay is dealing with a lot of injuries themselves. It seems like it's somewhat of a lost season for them. But all things considered, um, my play here would be on the Packers money line, um, which I expect to go up. As, as the week goes on, I don't see Packers getting a lot of support between now and Sunday for various reasons. I think that's accurate. Yeah. So I think if you like the Packers, you probably wait and you would be looking to take the money line closer to kickoff. Like, uh, I don't, think, look I don't at, think the Packers uh, are going to lose by three. Yeah. I think if they lose, they're going to get blown out. That, that feels accurate. I mean, they, they have some issues. Um, their number one wide receiver, Christian Watson, 
He suffered what the team termed uh, an upper body injury. They just listed it all as upper body on one play, but it was on, on the same play, injured his back, his chest, and his head all on one play. Like th this guy, I mean, it sounds stupid to say like, like to a tug of ILO or something, but like this guy needs to practice falling down. Like the way that like Mike Williams needs to practice falling down. Like it feels like every time Mike Williams jumps up to catch a ball, uh, he lands on his back. Like it, it's a similar thing with Christian Watson. Uh, so who knows if he's playing and then on the defensive side of the ball, there are concerns about, uh, you know, players at all three levels, uh, nose tacky nose tackle, Kenny Clark could be out Uh linebacker. Quay Walker could be out free safety. Rudy Ford could be out. Uh, and that, you know, doesn't take into account other players in the secondary who are already on IR. So, uh, you know, the Packers could definitely be missing players, uh, which I think would, you know, significantly impact the potential for how this game plays out. This is not I a look at some team. games that, that feels accurate, <laughs> you know? Yeah, <laughs> it feels accurate. Uh, all right, look at some teams here that are sitting in the the Wong teaser zone. Uh, so, you know, games where we have the capability of getting through the key numbers of three and seven and thinking about uh, if there are some of these teams we would feel a little bit more bullish on than others. Some teams where maybe we think, okay, actually, I know that uh, there could be some structural theoretical edge on this game, but I don't like this team and I wouldn't want to tease them. Uh, so the Patriots are sitting at plus one, plus one and a half versus the Colts in Germany, the Vikings plus two and a half against the Saints, the Titans won one and a half uh, at the Buccaneers. The Cardinals, we talked about that game already, plus one and a half hosting the Falcons. The Raiders, plus one, one and a half. Uh, and then the Bills, minus seven and a half uh, hosting the Broncos. By the way, the Raiders hosting the Jets at plus one, one and a half. Uh, Pete, anything stand out to you in terms of, okay, this is a game that I like and I feel it is especially amenable to teasing for X, Y, and Z reasons? Yeah, I think the Raiders is the most interesting one to tease for me. Uh, this Jets team is a lead on defense, but offensively, they just can't move the ball at all. Uh, you have one of the worst quarterbacks and an offensive line that just is dealing with so many injuries. And, you know, a lot of people were touting the Jets. I know some some big touts and groups were on the Jets last week and then uh, saw some sharp money coming on the Chargers, uh, you know, on Monday night itself. So to me, I think that was more about the Jets than anything else. And this Raiders team has been bad uh in a lot of ways but i was encouraged what i saw last week obviously and i do think the coaching shuffle up uh, is definitely going to be good for motivating the team and mcdaniels was just so bad in key moments i mean a classic quarterback or a classic coach that's you know going for the extra point down 14 uh punting in the worst spots like a lot of eb uh mcdaniels was giving up as the coach so i think that's all positive and yeah you can tease this up so i like the raiders the most out of this list um Titans are somewhat interesting to me. I'm not sure. I know a lot of people are are really high on this Titans team now. Uh, I'm still kind of wait and see, but uh, that's an interesting game to me. And then the Vikings Saints um, is the other one. I, I'm probably more on the Saints side. Uh, Dobbs, I think, ran really hot last week, but uh, certainly an impressive performance. But uh, yeah, my favorite spot out of this for sure is the Raiders. I think they'll be able to get a lot of pressure on Zach Wilson. And uh, it's going to be a low-scoring game, but I, I like the Ravens here. Uh, as a dog, and especially if you can tease them up uh, in a long teaser. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, the low scoring game is even better for the teasers as those points mean all the more. Right. So, you know, going up from one and a half to seven and a half in a point uh, in a game that has what, what 36, 36 and a half point total. Uh, that's pretty appealing. And similarly, Titans Buccaneers also has uh, a, a fairly low total. Uh, and so both of those games uh, feel like they'd be pretty advantageous for teasing. Uh, Jason, anything stand out to you among these teasable games here? Yeah, I think the Patriots at seven and a half is interesting. I do love me some teasers. If I can get the the three to one on the four team Wong, I, I like those. I still have a couple of counts that let me bet, you know, three to one Wong teasers. So um, I, I do get teaser action. I like it. The thing that I like about the Patriots, if you're getting like seven and a half, is that it's the morning game. So if it doesn't win, you could kind of reload the teasers with the rest of the games before 10 a.m. Um, that's always nice. And if you get a win, you, you're, you know, one leg down going into to the morning slate. So that's it's always a nice situation to have. I do think the Patriots, as, uh, as bad as they've been this year, they should be able to stay within a touchdown of the Colts in a neutral, you know, German venue. That game doesn't interest me other than the teasers. Um, otherwise, I agree with Peter. The Raiders, the, the getting seven or seven and a half there is a pretty good spot with a low total against a bad Jets team. I think the Jets, it's interesting because like if there was literally anybody available to, to turn to, to give starts to besides Zach Wilson, I think they'd do it by now. And there's literally no better option available week to week. I mean... Maybe they should have traded for Josh Dobbs or something, but that ship sailed. So um, they're stuck with Wilson, and that's just never going to inspire confidence at this point. Like, you know exactly who he is, and he's just not exciting. There's there's nothing exciting about him. There's nothing I look forward to watching Zach Wilson play quarterback. Like, the sooner Aaron Rodgers back, the better. Yeah, I mean, they could have gone after Carson Wentz if they'd wanted to. That's I not mean, a better option, as, though. As a, that's that's not that that's an alternative, but it doesn't that that doesn't get you anywhere. Are you sure about that? You, you I, think he's as bad as Zach Wilson? I mean, I, I I think there's situations where he can come in and be serviceable for a couple games, but bringing him in, you know, versus giving Zach Wilson more starts, I don't think. I don't think Carson Wentz was going to make enough of a difference to to save you until Aaron Rodgers potentially comes back. You might as well, with 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 Wilson already on the the roster, you might as well continue to see what you have with him. If he's if he's absolutely not developing right now, you know, I mean, they 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 should have moved on from him, but I guess they can't or they don't understand some cost fallacy or you know. But but if you have him, you might as well use him. Otherwise, get rid of him. All right, you mentioned the uh, the Patriots there. That is an interesting one that stands out to me on the teaser front, in part because the Colts are pretty wounded on both sides of the ball. Uh, right tackle Braden Smith is out. Uh, they could be without both of their uh, top perimeter cornerbacks. Uh, Josh Downs dealing with a knee injury. It's uncertain that he is going to play. Uh, and of course, Zaire Franklin has been out for a while with a knee injury. So uh, not a great situation there for the Colts. 
especially defensively. And so it feels like even though the Patriots aren't great on offense, uh, maybe they can do just enough against a, a wounded defense for the Colts to be able to keep this within a seven point game. Uh, Bill's hosting the Broncos stands out to me. Uh, I think you know, if you look at sort of market-based power ratings, the bills are the lowest that they have been in the market for a long time. And I, I get some of it. Uh, but I do think that this is an overreaction. Like Josh Allen is still top three, top four quarterback in the league. He's number one in ESPN's QBR. He's number two in composite EPA and completion percentage over expectation. Like he's still very much Josh Allen. Like he throws interceptions. He leads the league in interceptions. That's just something you kind of have to live with, but he's still playing at a very high level. The defense has been disappointing, uh, especially with all the injuries that they've suffered. But the defense feels like the kind of thing that would improve eventually. Uh, They have brought in some more players. I think they will help schematically. I imagine they will figure some things out. Seven and a half points down to one and a half points. Like the Bills, all they have to do is win this game by more than one. Like I feel that this is a very probable outcome of them winning this game. I do not see them losing to the Broncos after they just lost to the Bengals. Like this is a, a must win game for them as much as any game can be. And I know the Broncos defense has improved uh, and the Broncos are coming off of the bye. but um, I know this is sort of like a situational spot, but I see value on the, on the bills in this spot anyway. So teasing them from seven and a half to one and a half. Uh, normally I prefer to tease the, um, to tease the dogs up versus the favorites down. But this is just a spot where I, I feel comfortable enough doing it. So, the Broncos seven and a half point favorites down to one and a half hosting the Broncos. I do like that as a teaser option. All right. Getting to the, the best bet segment of the show. Uh, each of us giving a bet that even if it's one that we haven't made, if it's one that we're thinking about making, whatever it is, but a bet that really stands out to us right now, Pete, I want to start with you. What is a bet that catches your eye? Yeah, I was on the Falcons over last week. Fortunately, that hit. Uh, the Falcons didn't, didn't didn't cover, but uh, at least the over hit. And uh, there's an amazing line uh, out there right now. Over 42 on DraftKings is uh, exceptional, uh, showing an edge versus the unabated line. And I like this in general. And if you just kind of look at the market, and this is how, uh, especially early in the week, where I think there's a lot of opportunity for top-down betters to win. Uh, you know, you look at sharp books, like Circa is at 43, Pinnacle, Bookmaker are both at 42 and a half. So to me, it's like, okay, there's a 42 sitting out there uh, that's way lower than the rest of the market. I'm excited to hit that over in general. And then I like it in, as a play as well, but just because of the Falcons team. So uh, yeah, I think this is a really good spot. Kyler Murray coming back and make big plays can also make a lot of turnovers. Uh, this Falcons defense, as we've seen, uh, has created a lot of uh, turnovers. So yeah, I, I think it's a really good spot. And that number uh, is is just off market. So uh, it's showing 0.4% edge versus the unabated line, um, which to me is just, uh, you know, the NFL being relatively efficient. That's a bet for sure. Interesting. Jason, anything stand out to you in terms of the market right now? And again, it doesn't need to be a bet that you have made, but uh, a bet that you think you are going to make uh, and one that you think you're going to like quite a bit. I already bet the Raiders plus one and a half. I think that's probably uh, one of my favorite plays this week. I think, uh, Firing McDaniels when they did was incredibly necessary. I don't think he was ever the right fit for that job. And moving on from him was the right thing to do. And 
I think it sort of reinvigorated that team in that locker room. And if any time you have the opportunity to move on from a coach and your next two games are against the Giants and the Jets, them, you know, both being as bad as they are, it's it's a good situation for the Raiders to kind of get back to uh, to where they need to be. So uh, getting plus one and a half at home versus Zach Wilson, I thought was uh, was fairly reasonable. So I've already bet that. The other game I have my eye on, I have not bet it yet, but the uh, the Commanders traveling cross country to play the Seahawks. Uh, Seahawks laying six and a half. I am interested in that game. I think the Commanders were lucky to scratch out a win versus the bad Patriots team last week. I think the Seahawks playing at home are a slightly better opponent. Um, I don't think the Seahawks are necessarily a great team this year, but but I think, you know, given their home field advantage, it's probably not the best spot for the Commanders this week. But uh, this is a rough week. Like I said, there's only two division games and a lot of, a lot of weird games. It's kind of like the, the NFL is telling us to take a week off and get ready for the, the stretch run. All right, uh, I'm showing value on on both of those that you mentioned there, specifically the Seahawks. I've already bet that. I have that projected at 7.6. So, um, yeah, with you there on the Seahawks. Uh, the favorite bet that I have right now is Steelers minus three. Talked about that one earlier. I just you know, think them at home where they've historically had a, a pretty strong advantage. Mike Tomlin uh, has been very good at Acrisure Stadium under, of course, the various names, uh, 76, 63, and four against the spread for his career. Uh, Jordan Love has struggled going against a very good defense. That's number nine in EPA, led by TJ Watt, you know, one of the leading defensive player of the year candidates. Uh, you know, you can have Jordan Love without his number one wide receiver. And then the defense for the Packers uh, is injured and uh, has just kind of generally underperformed the talent of the players on that unit. Uh, I feel like getting this at uh, minus three is a good value. I have this projected at minus 4.6. So very much like it at minus three. All right, Jason, this was awesome. Thank you for joining us. Uh, people can follow you uh, on X, I guess, as it is now called at uh, Spreadopedia. What is it that people should expect from you on social media? Not much. Um, don't expect anything. <laughs> but it's uh it's fun I, I i like twitter i get a lot of good usable information from twitter and there's a lot of interesting people on gambling twitter i've made some friends off it in real life so it's uh it's got some use and function if you uh if you want it to have use and function all right well awesome thank you so much for joining us it was uh great to talk with you and have you on the show that is going to do it for this week 10 deep dive episode of the betting life podcast powered by unabated please subscribe to the show tell your degenerate betting friends join the discord see all of our bets in the free fantasy life bet tracker and follow us on social media at spreadopedia csuram88 and matt f the oracle thank you and see you again next episode